Traveling this holiday season and looking for a quick and easy solution for your possessed loved one? Introducing Drive-Through Exorcism. With over 100 locations around the U.S., exercising a loved one has never been more convenient. Enjoy quick and easy exorcisms on the go in the privacy of your own car. At Drive-Through Exorcism, we never compromise on quality, offering grade A exorcisms by one of our highly skilled and trained priests. We have something for the whole family. For a limited time, take advantage of our holiday specials like our BOGO deal. Buy one Big Mac Daddy exorcism and get a Mighty Kids exorcism with a travel size rosary for free. Or try our extra spicy Satan Locos combo for only $5.99. Ain't nobody got time for Satan this Christmas. Let the power of Christ compel you at drive through Exorcism. Find a location near you at drivethroughexorcism.com today. Drive through Exorcism. Come possess, leave happy, have it your way. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back. Welcome to our second official <gasps> bonus episode. <laughs> what are those? <laughs> bonus. These are clothes. I don't know why that. I just what thought are those? <laughs> Did you see that, that video of Northwest? <laughs> What are those? These are clothes. These are clothes. And Cam is like, like oh, my baby. <laughs> I don't know why it. that clip always gets me. Welcome to our know. bonus episode These where we're going to do some. <laughs> Sorry. We're going to do some, some trivia. We're going to talk about. We're gonna, So I'm going to do questions from about the Exorcist movie. Sorry, I'm also really drunk because we're coming off of the full episode. We're still recording same day. That's why we're. Wearing the same shit. We we do shower, I promise. New episode, um, new us. Yes. Um, we're we're very I'm I'm quite ooh, I'm quite <laughs> tipsy. Um yes, but I'm gonna about, like, do questions. Track. Yes, I'm gonna do questions from the Exorcist movie of fish, and Jordan's gonna I'm going to talk about episode wait. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna t- I'm going to talk about exorcisms, just like IRL. In general. <laughs> In general. But first, speaking of exercising demons, we're going to take a shot. Yes, as if we need more. Once again, Bottoms I'm drinking up. gin because I have... Yeah, you're brave. I, I don't like it. It's, it's actually better than a vodka shot. I haven't felt like I was going to throw up yet. Did I tell you I know the owners of Still Austin Whiskey? Wow, you know everybody. Still Austin people, D-Betty people. Do you know That's Tito's people too? You know what? That I don't know Tito's. I have reached out to Tito's to try to get a meeting with them, but I have not heard back. Mm. Well, mm-hmm. cheers. L'chaim. L'chaim. May the power of Christ compel you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So... Jordan, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? Um, yeah, I'll go first. Well, okay, I'm going to start us off with probably one of my favorite exorcisms of all time, which is weird for me to say. But I've just always kind of had, like, a weird um, fascination with this one. And a lot of you probably have either seen photos, heard audio recordings, or have heard about this Um 
exorcism. It was, I know we said this in our last episode, we don't like it when movies say, like, inspired by true events, but the exorcism of Emily Rose was inspired by the exorcism of the real-life Annalise Michael. Um, So... I'm just going to give you, just for time purposes, just like a very quick synopsis of like the general story. But the exorcism of Annalise Michael um, starts off um, in Germany. So she was from Germany. And <coughs> sorry, it's all a little coffee cup. Excuse you. Excuse me. So it ended in murder. So... So the German woman's demonic possession was actually an undiagnosed brain disorder. So they believed to be either possible epilepsy or schizophrenia or maybe both. Um, but being a religious young woman, come from, again, come from, a, uh, she came from, a, wow, hello, shots, <laughs> came from a religious upbringing. Um, Annalise welcomed the exorcist to help her. So instead of going to a doctor, she trusted a priest to assist her with an exorcism. Um, After 67 exorcisms on her, surprisingly unsuccessful, she ended up passing away due to starvation. She was only 23 years old. So two of her priests were convicted of homicide. So this was like a whole court case. So I will say, contrary to our last episode, this one was actually, I would say, for the most part, like kept along this one's those, fair. those yeah. lines. Yeah. So this, for the most part, like it was true to the actual story. But you can go and look up photos. There's like photos and uh, probably there's probably so much that you can look up online because it was a whole court case about it. Um. But I want to I think Homegirl needed a psychiatrist. She did. She really did. And she, yeah, she ended up dying due to starvation. Um, but they recorded all of her exorcisms. And I just wanted to, like, I don't, again, I don't know if this will, like, um, excuse the ad. Um, but I want to play part of a recording of her actual exorcism, one of her 67, just because I think it just sounds, it just sounds creepy to me. You be the judge, but. I have it pulled up on YouTube. You can find this anywhere. Like, it's very... I'm already scared. Have you you never heard it? Mm Mm-mm. looking up this case it's so interesting to me if you go and look up photos of what she looked like before versus after her exorcism shortly before her death it is crazy she doesn't even look like the same person it's actually it's very sad so trigger warning it is it is very disturbing it is Um, again believe that she was either schizophrenic or had epilepsy possibly both um, but their family, very similar to the movie, they weren't really big into modern medicine. Um, they really b- were strong in their faith. And I think that's why she just put all of her faith in the church and arguably may or may not have cost her life. 
I don't know. But that is one of my favorite stories of real life exorcisms. Ooh. Ooh. I'm going to start with, I'll start with a, sto- uh, like a little story thing since you started with a story thing. Actually, we're going to pretend like I didn't already ask you this question first. Okay. <clears throat> How many people had died by the end of production of the film? Um, for some reason, like the number nine is coming to me. Is it? Is it really? <laughs> um, but I don't know for sure how I would honestly, without, without knowing the information, I would probably guess five without have guessing or without have getting the spoiler alert in the last episode. Yeah. So if you hadn't gotten it, you would be wrong, but it is nine. Um, I don't have a list of all the people who died, but some of the notables. So two actors died, um, not during shooting, but during post-production, like in between when it was done shooting and when it was released. Two actors died. Actor Jack McGowan, McGrowan and actress Vasiliki Maliaros. And if hmm. you don't remember who they are in the movie, uh, Jack McGrowan played the film director, the drunk film director, Oh, yeah. And Vasiliki Maliaros played the priest's mother. So the two actors who happened to die in real life Mm -hmm. also died in the movie. That's so crazy. I remember when we were watching this, I looked up to see um, what what age the the woman that played the mother of the priest died. And I was like, oh, my God, she died the same year this movie came out. Yep. Yep. Does it say how yep. they died? Was it like mysterious random deaths or hers hers was natural causes. Okay. He died he died of the flu. Suspicious. Mm. Um, um according to the writer of the Exorcist book and film, uh, Warner Brothers executives wanted to change the title of the film after taking a survey, which found that none of the participants in the survey knew what an exorcist was. So, like we said, hmm. this movie really brought that term back into the public zeitgeist. Like, no one knew yeah. what the fuck that was anymore. So, yeah. Which is so weird to me, probably because we were born after this movie came out. I'm like, I've always known what that was, but I guess, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, is it my turn? Mm -hmm. Um, let's talk about like some other like crazy exorcist stories. Um, Mm. again, I'm just trying to give you the cliff note versions for um, time purposes, but feel free to look these up. Um, all, all of these um, recording cases. Jordan likes of- to give our audience a homework. Yeah. <laughs> and Jordan doesn't like to do her own thorough research. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I cannot pronounce this name. The first name is Gottlieben Ditus. I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. I'm not going to spell it because then you're going to tell me that's not how you pronounce it. And we're not going there today. <laughs> So what, what nationality is that? Uh, German. Okay. Okay. So in 1842, German villagers noticed strange going on at the home of 28 year old woman of a 28 year old woman named Gottlieben Ditus. So Ditus claimed her house was haunted and soon began slipping in and out of what others described as a trance like state. 
But it was only when a religious pastor commenced an exorcism that things went truly nuts. Didus became violent. Nuts. Didus became violent, requiring physical restraints for two torturous years. Two years, this person endured exorcisms. For two torturous years, during which the pastor performed various exorcism rites, Didus vomited uh, vomited glass, nails, and blood, of, of course. Finally, Didus informed everyone the demons were gone and stated, quote, unquote, Jesus is victor. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. And also, just, just so you know, just for reference, there are, I believe, four, I'm sorry, yes, four different types of demonic possession. So the first one is demonic possession, which is a demon using someone's body as their own. But then there's also demonic infestation, which is the presence of evil in a location. Demonic vexation, which is physical attacks on a person's body. And then demonic obsession, which is not the same as possession. So demonic obsession is a demonic attack on someone's mind. So I had to preface that because the church recognizes all four. And so when they are like, sometimes you'll, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I was going to say, if you like what, (laughs) I hate us. I hate us so much. If you watch the show evil, (laughs) if you watch the show evil, that's also a really good show. It has like a priest, which like really tries to fight for possession or um, exorcisms. And then you have a psychiatrist, which is like doing the opposite. But usually like in order to perform an exorcism, the priest has to go through to get uh, approval through the diocese to perform exorcisms. And they have to claim one of those four uh, reasonings or uh, yeah, different types of positions. Anyway, what were you going to say? I was going to say, did I ever tell you that my uncle once told me, my uncle who's really religious and mean, um, he told me that homosexuals all, all have demons inside of them and that you can tell that a homosexual, one is a homosexual and two has a homosexual demon inside of them by looking into their eyes because you can see the demon in their eyes. I've seen demons in your eyes for sure. Yeah, you see them <laughs> big old demons. <laughs> when we went to when me and my sister and my mom went to go see the exorcism of fuck, what's her name? Not Emily, Emily Rose, Rose, the other one. What's the other one? Deborah Logan. No. Exorcism. Oh shit! What's it called? Anyway, um, as I'm looking it up. Um, there, the demon in the movie is called uh, Babylon. Babylon, and I just remember I left. I left the theater and I was like, "Oh, Black Betty, blam, blam." <laughs> so I mentioned this in the main episode, but I wanted to give you a little bit more backstory on the voice actress who played um, the demon voice of Linda Blair's Reagan character. Okay. So, um, here's a little bit. And also, I don't know if I cited my sources earlier. I got all of my trivia from Mental Floss, Creepy Catalog, and IMDb. 
three. The woman Orson Welles once dubbed the world's greatest living radio actress was hired to provide the voice for Linda Blair's most demonic moments. Yeah. I also realized, no, I didn't write down her first name, so shame on me. I know her last name is McCambridge. Oh, I see it on my screen. Mercedes McCambridge. So, sounding like a demon had its downsides. In the case of McCambridge, she believed that chain-smoking and a diet of raw eggs and whiskey were the key oh. to a great vocal performance. She was also physically bound to a chair with torn sheets by arms, legs, ankles, and wrists to achieve a more realistic sound. That's Mercedes hmm. McCambridge. Look at her she method only, acting. literally only ate eggs and whiskey raw eggs and whiskey and cigarettes oh. she didn't eat cigarettes but she smoked cigarettes yeah that's her that's miss mercedes i think she did a good job i think she did too her, it was I great give her a good like eight out of ten the movie i was trying to come up with earlier it was called the last exorcism oh have you ever seen it maybe there's so the many last movies. exorcism it came out in 2010 it was very, it gave, like, Exorcism of Emily Rose vibes. I'm about to look um, Very similar. Um, but the demon's name in it was, like, Abalam or ba Babalam, Ab something like that. And Where I just back, was like, Abalam. Um, okay, let me go to my sheet. It does look familiar. Did you ever see that movie... I don't remember what this is called, but I was like, when I was trying to watch more Exorcism movies, this came up and I had already seen it. It was that one about the, like, web series, the guys who were, like, YouTube celebrities who, like, wanted to catch on video, like, in Exorcism, and the plot twist was that the demon, like, performed for the cameras, which ended up going viral, and everyone who was watching live got possessed by a demon, because he, like, it was Satan possessing no. the girl, and she, like, he, like, sent all of his demons out to, like, get everyone who was watching, and it was, like, millions of people including the president of the United States were all what? possessed by demons. No, I got to find it. Cause it was like really, it was a really interesting concept at least. Okay. I've definitely seen this movie. The last exorcism. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well I'll say, okay, this is, I'll do, I'll go to the, I'll jump to this one. Since you just said that this is called the exorcism of Gina. And this is in 1990. Um, so in 1990, Reverend James Labar oversaw three exorcisms, all sanctioned by the Archbishop of New York. So his name was Cardinal John O'Connor. Um, and then of course the Vatican, because you have oh, yeah, I know John. everything, Johnny, um, one of them, the exorcism of a floor, uh, Florida teenager named Gina was televised. You can look this up. I looked this up. Gina Davis. I don't know what her last name is. I no, don't that's think an it's actress. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you can look up this exorcism uh, on YouTube. Um, so one of them was the exorcism. Of, she, so she was a Florida teenager named Gina. It was televised um, on ABC Network in 1991. Newsweek described the ceremony, which was accompanied by medieval-style music. Um was her like strapped to a chair and then she was screaming and barking and just like saying like she was basically it sounded like she was speaking in tongues um while the reverend pressed a cross into her face and told her or the supposed demons that if they wanted pain he'd give them pain uh, 
which I thought was kind of cheesy, but ultimately it was an anti-psychotic drugs that gave Gina this uh, outcome. Um, anyway, without giving too much away, I will let you go look it up on YouTube, but I thought this was interesting that ABC really had the audacity to say, oh, we're going to broadcast an exorcism live. And you know what? I, when I even looked it up... The thing that ended up curing her was anti, like, psychotics? Like, she, yes. drugs? Yes. Because it's fake. I think they were just trying to, like, get views or whatever, but ABC really did that. They really did that. You can, and it's still up. They haven't taken it down. You can go watch it right now. And it's so wow. cheesy. When I was re-watching it, I remember, I was like, this looks so familiar to me. <laughs> anyway, it's just cr it's just crazy, and this was again this was in 1990. So there there must have been like something else that came out around that time that like reboosted like people's interest in exorcisms or hmm. something. I don't know. I thought that was very odd that anyone would have the audacity to broadcast something like that. Hmm. But, I have another okay, question for you. Okay, I got an answer for you. From the classic film *The Exorcist*, starring Linda Blair and never um, heard of it, and uh, Max von Sydow <laughs> and Ellen, what's her name? Um, what? Now, this is never mentioned in the first movie, but if you paid attention in the other movies, you would know or read the book, which I don't think you have. What is the name? Why? Because I don't read good. I don't read good. I don't read good. Um, what is the name of the demon in The Exorcist? Oh, shit. Um, wait. Um. Do I need to give you multiple choice? I can um, make up some demon names. Luther. No, okay, go ahead and tell me. Well, give me you some options, give you sorry. Okay, um, yeah. A. Bezeron. B. Pazuzu. Tell her you're making shit up. <laughs> C. It's Pazul. It's Pazul. It's Pazul. It when you said it, it I knew it. It's Pazul. I didn't even say that. Is it Pazul? I said, said Pazuzu. It's Pazul, though, right? No, it's not. That's from... Yeah, why did I make that up and was so confident about it? <laughs> Pazul is from um, Sinister. Oh, oh shit. Okay. I knew I unlocked something up there. Okay. Keep going. Pazuzu. But I did say it. I, I can't, I can't make a bunch of names. The answer is Pazuzu. Pazuzu is the name of the demon. Okay. Why um, does that sound like something from Emperor's New Groove? It does. <laughs> right? Now that you, now that you mentioned that, it does. Pacha? Cusco. Pazuzu. Um, it sounds like it would be in that movie. Also, apparently, I don't know if you remember the part in the movie where she was, like, Reagan was, like, fucking with a Ouija board and was, like, talking about her. That's yep. how she talks to her friend Howdy. Captain Howdy. Captain Howdy. You remember better than I do. Um, so, in the book, apparently, it's more clear, but in the movie, it's not as clear. That Obviously, that is the way that Pazuzu gets to her. Um, mm -hmm. And Pazuzu uses Captain Howdy because... She's a girl who's, like, desperate for a relationship with her father, whose name is Howard. And Oh, is it his... Ron Howard? <laughs> <laughs> is it Ron Howard? No. Pazuzu, 
Pazuzu makes up Captain Howdy to like be like a, a like a stand-in for her father, her and that's how it. That's how the demon earns her trust. That makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. That makes sense because mm-hmm. she's open to mm-hmm. it. She's accepting of it. She's like, I'm open to that. I'm open to that. Yeah, I want that. She needs that fatherly figure, and then she's like, Oh, that's not the right daddy I was looking for. I will be your father figure. I will be your love child. We love the '90s. But I'm too drunk right now. Okay, is it my turn? Mm-hmm. Do you talk about like how the um, Exorcist is inspired by a true story? Not in my trivia, no. Okay, then I'm gonna go into it. So, like we like we love to do, inspired by true events, the mm. Exorcist actually isn't tr- inspired by a real life exorcism. Ooh. But loosely based, loosely based. So this happened in 1949. So about 30 years, 30, well, a little less than 30 years prior to the movie, um, and it was not on a girl. It was a boy. The boy's name was Roland Doe. He was 13 years old. So, in the record, I don't think that's actually his real name. That's like his fake name, right? It says his name was, well, it does say his name was changed to Roland Doe to protect his privacy. Yes. Like Jane Doe, John Doe. Because, like, Doe. Oh, okay. So, Roland, it's probably Roland something. Okay. Anyway, you're so smart. Oh, my God. Um, Okay. So was mourning the loss of his beloved aunt when he began seeing and hearing strange things. So fun fact though, like his aunt gifted him a Ouija board and he like started playing with it. So we kind of see a little bit, a little piece of that in the movie, the exorcist when she's playing with the Ouija board, like you just mentioned, but in the like real life story, it was gifted to him by his aunt. She passed away. Before you go on. That's the one thing that, regardless of how I feel about demons and things, homeboy will never, ever fuck with a Ouija board. I have fucked you with a not, Ouija board once. You could not pay me enough to fuck with that. Anyways, continue. I think that's smart. Public service announcement, if you're listening to this, do not fuck with a Ouija board. So as he was mourning the loss of his aunt, so he be, he began seeing and hearing strange things. As the possession worsened, Roland began demonstrating violent superhuman strength. His parents took him to St. Louis, which is weird because I went to St. Louis in Waco, Texas growing up as a young lass. Um, in 1949 for uh, a week-long exorcism. So his exorcism lasted a week. Um, you can look it up. If you just search the St. Louis exorcism, it'll pop up. So this is, um, of course, the story that the exorcist is based on. Roland screamed, cursed, attacked the exorcist during a quote-unquote miracle, according to the exorcist. Finally led Roland out of his trance-like state. The boy simply stated, he's gone. So... That's all this particular article says. It kind of leaves you hanging, but it gives like a nice handy dandy link. Uh, if you just type in the St. Louis exorcism, you can go in and find out more about what uh, happened leading up to this exorcism and what happened during the exorcism. But that it, Roland Doe 1949 is what inspired the movie The Exorcist, which I thought was kind of cool. I think Roro just had a lot of 
teen angst to get out and he was like <laughs> man fuck this system and he just said it at them and they were like that's obviously a demon our child would never say those things cause tonight will be the night that I will fall for you that was rolling <laughs> your turn oh, it's my turn fun fact <laughs> Um, I was going to tell you a little bit about the fucked up process of making this movie. So Please. I think part of what made this movie scary was that the <laughs> director named William Friedkin, who I think is probably dead at this point, but maybe not. I don't know. Um, Has he, he kind was of fried? Friedkin. He fried or fried? F-R-I-E-D-K-I-N. Friedkin or Friedkin. His literal first name is Fried. Okay, got no, it. No, his first name was William. William Friedkin. Oh! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> okay, keep going. Yo, we're too drunk to be doing this. Or um, are you? He kind of sucked. So he actually took deliberate measures to abuse the cast for a fear effect. He went as far as firing guns without warning behind the actors to frighten them. He slapped Father O'Malley, who was like the priest that comes in earlier, across the face to catch footage of his shocked reaction for the film. He also put Ellen Burstyn, the mom, and Linda Blair, the child, in harnesses and had them shaken and yanked violently. The, the screams you hear when Reagan's mother is, th mother is thrown to the floor after the possessed girl slaps her are actually genuine. She, permanent, she permanently injured her spine during the shooting of this scene because she was pulled too hard by a cable. What? Linda Blair Is that not a lawsuit? Right? I think it was just so, it was so back in the day that maybe not. Uh, Linda Blair also injured her back while filming. A piece of rigging broke while shooting one of the infamous possession scenes. So the scene where the bed was shaking, her rigging oh, yeah. broke. And she ended up breaking, like, fucking up her back, too. So oh, both the main actresses, like, permanently injured their backs during the process. What? Mm-hmm. This is giving me, like, Blair Witch Project, like, method filming at its I read finest. A, I read a thing where the director, apparently, to that priest was like, do you trust me? And he was like, yeah. And as soon as he said, yeah, the director, like, bitch slapped him across the face. And then said, action. What? So his, literally, his his reaction on camera is him being like, because uh, he just got the shit slapped out of him. What? Yeah. That is a lawsuit nowadays. Like, right? Yeah. I'm not in the, I'm not like, in the Hollywood scene, but like, I feel like I'd be that like, would be a huge lawsuit. Jail. Immediately jail. Straight to jail. Straight oh my god. Yeah, the so they're... Wow. All those all those movies in the 70s and 80s had no rules, clearly. Yeah, apparently. That, oh my god. How scary. Okay, note to self. Anyone asked, do you trust me? I'm just going to say no. Actually, <laughs> no. pretty recent. 2010. So 12 years ago. Almost 13 years ago. 2010. Their name is Christy Bam Bamu? Bamu? On Christmas Day in 2010, a 15-year-old boy named Christy Bamu was beaten and drowned in a bathtub in London by his sister and her friend in an attempt to exercise evil spirits from the boy. So according to the BBC, originally from the Republic of Congo, Christy is originally from Congo, the pair tortured the boy with knives, sticks, 
metal bars and a hammer. Oh, and a chisel. Forgot that. Until he begged to die. The pair were convicted of the boy's murder. So this is very similar to the uh, Annalise Michael case. So the sister and the friend believe that the boy was possessed. Uh, he probably wasn't. Uh, they ended up drowning him and torturing him to death. Again, he was only 15 years old. Um, so it's really sad. So, like, if you really believe someone's possessed by a demon, maybe not try to, like, exercise the demon yourself just because you could be facing jail time. Poor kid. Yes. A different, iconic, golden age actor was originally considered for the role of Father Marin. Who was oh. it? And I can give you multiple choice. Okay, yes. Was it A, Fred Astaire, B, mm. Marlon Brando, C, mm -hmm. Cary Grant, D, Burt Lancaster, or E, Humphrey Bogart? Ooh. I'm going to go with either. I, mm, my heart's telling me B, but I want to say it's D. Uh, let's go with D. Your heart was correct. Listen to your heart. When it's was... coming for you. Okay, Cascada. Okay. Um, Thank you. <laughs> um, so it was Damn. Marlon Brando. And ah. on top of that, a few things. So firstly, the actor who ended up playing it was Max von Snydow, as we talked about um mm -hmm. he actually ended up being a lot which you mentioned this during the movie i was very confused it was like how is he so old during this and they cast him when he was only 40 i think and they made him look oh, significantly him look older okay mm -hmm. we there were jokes then. about there were jokes in the industry about how max von snydow was wearing more stage makeup than linda blair as reagan was, reagan to make him look like an old man um, also, here are some other people who were offered roles in the movie. So the mom role, who ended up going to Ellen Burstyn, was originally offered to Jane Fonda, Shirley MacLaine, and Audrey Hepburn. Audrey Hepburn was actually the first person they offered it to. All of them turned it down. Really? Mm -hmm. I cannot see, honestly, any of them playing that role. I, I don't know if see... it would have been as iconic as it is. I could see Shirley MacLaine. I think she's the only one who I feel like would maintain, maintain that iconic performance. Um, so for the Father Karras, who's the one, the younger priest who ends up getting thrown out the window, yeah. the original person that they wanted was Jack Nicholson. Ooh. He said no. And they actually ended up casting Stacy Keach. I don't know if you know who Stacy Keach is. He's mm -hmm. like, used to be a really big deal. And then the director, I think the writer actually saw the actor they ended up casting in a play and he had never been in a film before. And they were mm -hmm. like, him, he's our guy. I want him. So they cast him. I so don't he know. Was like he, an, what else has he been in? Do you know? I, I don't know. He's been in but he, was, he was an unknown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Linda Blair, who played Reagan, beat out 500 other children. Um, and there, are, I don't know if all these are substantiated. A lot of IMDb trivia, I feel like anyone can put on there. So I'm just going to say like, these may or may not be true. Okay. It possibly included young Jamie Lee Curtis, as her parents wanted her to play the role. Also Laura Dern. 
a young really? Laura Dern. Um, and at one point, is it weird after, that I cannot imagine Jamie Lee Curtis or Laura, Laura Dern being y- y- like younger than like? I can't imagine either of them because we don't know either than of them. Fifteen. We didn't know either of them as children. Like right. Jamie Lee Curtis was like young when she did Halloween. She, was but like, she wasn't that young. I think she was like seventeen or something when she did yeah. Halloween. Um, and at one point, the director even considered auditioning dwarves because he really thought that children couldn't like do the like emotionally like get into the character. Yeah. And wouldn't be as comfortable and all those things. So at one point he considered that, but then they ended up finding Linda Blair. Apparently Linda Blair's agent also like didn't even think of her, like had sent a bunch of kids to the director, but Mm -hmm. not her. And then her mom heard about it and was like, my daughter needs to be in this. She'd be great. Yeah. Which is funny because so many famous actors, like child actors at the time, their parents were like, absolutely fucking not. Like the actress who played Violet Beauregard in the original uh, Willy Wonka, her -hmm. parents read the script and were like, 100% no. Like, -hmm. you're not doing this. Which, fair. I don't think I, if I had kids, I don't know. I don't know how I'd feel. (laughs) Yeah. But I just felt like that was very interesting. That is very interesting. I always think, I think, like, learning, like, who either people, like, when you hear about, like, iconic movies and who the director's first choice was, it's, like, almost impossible to to imagine those movies with that person starring in them. Yeah, I cannot imagine. it's just, like, iconic on some... The Exorcist with Audrey Hepburn and Laura Dern. <laughs> No, maybe Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't know. Laura Dern. I feel like she definitely plays like very specific types, but that's only because I know her as an adult actress. I don't know what kind of work she was doing when she was a kid. So yeah, I don't know. I, don't know. I love like okay. full disclosure. Every I feel like every gay loves Laura Dern. So like I think she could do no wrong, but it's hard for She's me to see great. her in that role. Wait, in two thousand and three, an autistic eight-year-old boy named Terrence. Cottrell was killed during a prayer service that was intended to drive out an evil spirit, supposedly causing his condition. So he was doing same old, same old, right? Like speaking in tongues, abnormal strength, like in like a weird daze, like kind of just out of it, right? Um, the official cause of death is okay. Don't make me sound stupid. Mechanical. I think that's how you say the word. The CH throws me off because I want to say mechanical mechanical asphyxiation due to (laughs) external chest compression. This is what CNN reported. Uh, So this means that Terrence was suffocated, if you don't know what asphyxiation means. Uh, The Reverend Ray Hemphill, who had performed the exorcism, reportedly sat on the boy's chest during the exorcism until he stopped breathing because he thought it was going to exorcise the fucking demons. Uh, So the reverend was convicted of homicide. It was a whole court case trial. You can look it up again. The guy's name was Terrence Cottrell. The guy uh, that was convicted of murder, his name was Reverend Ray Hempfill, H-E-M-P-H-I-L-L. But it's just so funny because when I was researching all of these different exorcisms, it was all like, oh, these people were then convicted of murder. Because people that aren't, this is why, again, I'm not like, oh, yeah, I believe in like exorcisms. But this is why the church is like, you have to have it approved by 
the Catholic Church. Like, the Pope has to approve it because then you're just going to be convicted of murder. Like, that's just yep. what, nine times out of ten, that's what ends up happening. So, yep. I just thought it was interesting, all of these, like, different cases that I was researching. It was like, oh, then they were convicted of murder. Um, oh. So, just full disclaimer, don't try to perform your own exorcism at home. Like, you will end up being a murderer or being murdered. Like, that. There's that's one of the two. One options. of the two. So, just don't do yep. it. <laughs> now, those are the only two. Great life advice. Thank you, Jordan. You're welcome. Okay, and my last thing, I wanted to save this yes. for last because we haven't really talked about it, was the serial okay. killer who appeared in The Exorcist. Oh, yes. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Okay. So, Tell me all um, if you did not know... There is a man who was an actor. He played one of the extras in, like, I think it was, like, the nurse in the scene where she, where Reagan is having, like, the, I don't know what the specific procedure was called, where they, like, insert the needle into her neck, which, sidebar, quick sidebar, is actually the scene that made most people in the audience faint. It wasn't even the exorcism part. It was the needle going in the neck and her reacting in pain. Because that was the most realistic version of that that they'd ever Makes seen sense. in theaters. Um, mm. So, a real-life suspected serial killer made an appearance in the film. His name was Paul Bateson, a real-life x-ray technician, played the role... Oh, I forgot he was a real-life x-ray technician. Played the role of the radiologist's oh. assistant in the scene where Reagan was having a cardi... A, car- a carotid angiography. I forgot the name of the procedure was in my note. He was arrested okay, for homicides. Achilles. He was arrested for homicide in 1979 after meeting film critic Addison Verrill, having sex with him, so he was a homosexual, and proceeding mm. to bash his skull in with a skillet. Bateson boasted about killing. So, okay, this is the thing that he never, this was never confirmed, but apparently when he was awaiting trial in jail, he boasted about killing other men to his cellmates. Like, there there was, okay, so I'll get into it. Um, get so he boasted about what? killing other men while, while awaiting trial, claiming that he did it for fun and dumped their bodies in the Hudson River. Authorities suspected him of being a serial killer that had been targeting gay men in the years of 1977 and 78 and wrapping their chopped up remains in plastic bags. They were known as the bag murders. And I looked into this more, Hmm. what they were actually known as, because, of course, in the 70s, especially, well, also probably today, police are going to be homophobic. What they were actually known as was the fag bag murders, because it was all gay men. bags. Wow. Um, Though they had a confession, they couldn't link any evidence to his claim. So he was sentenced to to 20. To his claim? To his claim. (laughs) To his claim. He was sentenced to 20 years for the murder of Addison Verrill, which, if you're keeping up with timelines, means that Bateson became a free man in 2004. He was released from prison even after confessing to being a serial killer who fucked, fucking chopped up gay men and threw them in bags and put them in the Hudson River. 
Luckily for my gay ass, according to the internet and social security records, he is most likely dead. Not fully dead. that statistic, most likely dead. Social security says he's dead, but I never trust those things. I'm like, he could have faked that death and gone on to be 100%. whatever. 100%. But, mm. yeah, so. I love he, our, I love our justice system. But truly, that shook me to my core. I, like, knew there was a serial killer in this movie, but the fact that he confessed to killing multiple men and chopping up their remains, mm-hmm. and then he also did not serve time for that and was released is so fucked up to me. I also read that the reason why he killed his first victim, the, the, um, well, maybe not his first, but the specific one that he got caught for, Addison Verrill, the critic, was mm-hmm. because he realized he, like, met him at a bar and they like the guy invited him home and they like hooked up and he realized that the guy was like only interested in him for sex and Mm. didn't want anything more and Mm -hmm. that sent him into a rage so he killed him which is so disturbing so gay men that's very careful be careful on the grinder please um please scary things happen even like last year i feel like that even last year the year before there was a gay man who went to someone's house on a grinder hookup and ended up getting brutally murdered. Um, those things happen. So mm. be really safe. Tell it's all your friends so where you scary. are. If you're going to do that shit, don't, don't let anyone share your location with dark. someone. Share yes. your location. Describe the man to your friends. Do all of the things. All, um, all of it. It'll could before we life. go, before we go, because that's the only other thing I had. Do you have any other things? Nope. Do you want to take another shot? I don't have another that... shot, but I can go get another shot. Okay. <laughs> okay, one second. One more shot before we go, because I'm in my Scorpio drunk phase where I feel like a, okay. a bad enabler. No. What Cheers. is this shot to? This shot is to our fans. To the fans, to the OGs, to the people that listen to every single episode, every bonus episode that gives us the good feedback, the bad feedback, and all the in-between. You give us life. And shout out to Hannah, who's still such a gem. I love her to death. (laughs) I love how every episode we just give her a shout out just because. It's going to be our thing. That's our thing. Shout out to Hannah. Well, thank you, listeners, for coming to our bonus episode. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Um, again, since I will say this at the end of every episode, if you like our podcast, please rate and review us. Give us five stars on all the apps, um, so more people will see us. And also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Silent Screaming Podcast. I promise we're going to post more content on there, especially on TikTok, because I've been bad about posting on there. But yeah, um, I'm going to try. I need to do better, too. We're going to both yeah, try better. We're going to do our best. We got a schedule going now, so we're keeping ourselves accountable. Woo. 100%. I love it. Um, stay... <laughs> Stay silent, stay screaming, and don't don't drink your podcast. Don't drink your podcast. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.